Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The week one review episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by MyBookie. When you just got to go with your gut, you got to go with MyBookie. Remember, when you're betting, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I would always recommend MyBookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. So, I mean, that is why I'm urging you to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, the, like the Monday night games are going on right now. You could dive in and, and uh, you know, at any point in the game, because uh, like last night with, with uh, when Aaron Rodgers went out of the game against the Bears, the odds went through the roof. You could have bet the Bears, or excuse me, bet the Packers like fourteen to one uh, or something like that after uh, the injury, and you'd have made a you'd have made a killing if if you were a Packer fan. And I know that nobody that listens to this show would have made that bet. So God bless you all. But uh, they have the in the in game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for all you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Like who had Ryan Fitzpatrick yesterday? I mean, did anybody have Ryan Fitzpatrick? And if they had him, did, did they have him starting for that juggernaut of a game again had against the Saints? Imagine the cash you could have made on that guy yesterday. So join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use the promo code BEARS100 to activate the offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's my bookie, M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use the promo code BEARS100 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free pay. You play, you win, you get paid. My bookie. This week on the Bears Talk Underground. For the first 30 minutes on Sunday night, the new era of Chicago Bears football was everything we fantasized it would be all offseason. Then the second half happened, when everything that worked in the first half was missing in the second, and our beloved fell victim to Aaron Rodgers once again. Where did it all go wrong, and is it fixable? All of this, plus bear up and bear down on the week one review episode of The Bears Talk Underground. Well, guys, how are we doing? Are you, uh, have you come down off the ledge yet? Because uh, uh, it was getting a little uh, dicey there around uh, 10, 10.30 last night when uh, right around the time that uh, Randall Cobb decided to ruin another evening uh, for me. The uh, son of a bitch did it about, uh, what, five years ago? Uh, 2013, week 17. But as we all know, that wasn't exactly Randall Cobb's fault so much as it was Chris Conti's fault. And, and may he die a horrible, painful death um, he, while he's being skinned alive and on fire um, with, a, with a, a pile of uh, a swarm of uh, bloodthirsty, uh, starving like red ants or something you know something that would be like the death of a thought anyway how you guys doing the week one review episode of the bears talk underground and uh it's not all that bad guys um i mean we, we got plenty to dissect and, and get into here we've got some uh knee-jerk reactions and uh for anyone that was following me last night uh on social media whether it be facebook or or, or twitter Second quarter knee-jerk reaction is is one to behold, I guarantee. Because um, things were going well in the first quarter, but in the second, it was like, Jesus. Foot on the throat, and, 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 and Green Bay just had no answer for virtually anything the Bears were trying to do, especially on defense. You know, we, we, we knocked Rodgers out of the game. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser came in and put something together. Uh, he he was doing better than than Rodgers was initially, and then of course Khalil Mack had a thing or two to say about that, and uh, 
I mean, it, it just became it became laughable by the end of the second quarter how easy it was it was getting uh, for the Bears uh, in the second quarter. And then, as I just said moments ago in the open, then the second half happened, and you know, I don't know if we can chalk it up to maybe I'm you know maybe oh, realistically it's probably a combination of these things, but if we can just chalk it up to inexperience on the part of Matt Nagy. Uh, if it was complacency on the part of the Bears, if it was outstanding second half adjustment or halftime adjustments by McCarthy uh, and, and company, uh, the the emotional boost the return of Aaron Rodgers made uh, in on his teammates and and the crowd most definitely in in the second half, probably a combination of all of those things that uh, contributed to. Um, the disaster for us as bear fans uh, in the second half i mean we we went into the we went into the break 17 to nothing and and virtually looking like we were just going to coast to a victory in the second half and maybe that's what the problem was the bears just thought they were going to coast after how easy it was in the first 30 minutes and and that's what they were trying to do but um we'll uh we'll dissect and co- and, and go through it all uh as we uh, as we move along here but um as painful as that was for those last 30 minutes uh, and as as much as I was here sitting on the edge of my seat especially in the fourth quarter when things started when the tide really started turning you know like the third quarter you were kind of getting nervous there the offense not doing much of anything and the defense having to be out there for long stretches of time uh, and everything, and then the offense would get the ball back, only to give it right back uh, to Green Bay, putting the off the defense back out there and such. You just knew something. You just knew things weren't going to go well. You just knew something was going to happen, or at the very least, this was going to be more of a game than it should have been, considering how the first half went. And not only was it that, it was so much more, and in 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 the wrong way uh, for us as Bear fans. So. Um, So Monday night uh, for next week cannot get here soon enough because uh, I really, really want to see how this team is going to respond to what happened last night. I really want to see it. I mean, I, I think that's going to be the true testament to what kind of football team we have on our hands here is to how they come out next Monday night against the Seahawks and, 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 and answer for what happened in Green Bay. You know, I'm I and I've been going back and forth with some of you guys uh, that I've been interacting with, whether it be on Twitter or on Facebook. By the way, uh, the new Twitter handle BTU underscore Larry uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can also, uh, you know, f- throw out a comment or anything. Join the Facebook group. Just search Bears Talk Underground on Facebook and uh, I'll get you approved so you can enter the conversation uh, with us. Um, just going back and forth on 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 what went wrong and and um basically the the overlying theme that i've been expressing today is that i'm hoping that this is a lesson that the bears only have to learn once as far as the whole not taking the foot off the gas you would think that history alone i mean and i'm talking recent history like the afc championship game where the jacksonville jaguars took the patriots pillar to post in the first 30 minutes of that football game only to play not to lose in the second half and end up losing a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And then fast forward two weeks later, Doug Peterson, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, having seen all of that uh, in the AFC Championship game, does the exact opposite. Uh, you know, and, and the biggest example, of course, being that, that – uh, Philly special that our boy Trey Burton is famous for because he's the guy that made the throw to Nick Foles for the touchdown. That was a fourth down call on at the goal line with you know less than a minute to go or whatever it was in the first half of the Super Bowl. Doug Peterson stayed aggressive instead of taking the easy three points. He went for the he stayed aggressive. He went after the he continued to go after the Patriots, and the next thing you know. He's a Super Bowl champion. I mean, he continued to do that throughout the football game, never taking his foot off the gas. And that's what you have to do against teams like the Green Bay Packers. You can't ease up. 
You know, you can't ease up. You got to play a 60-minute game. The Bears only showed up for 30. You know, uh, like I said, I don't know if it was complacency, arrogance, uh, inexperience, because we do have a relatively young football team uh, on our hands here, inexperience on the part of our head coach, his first game ever as, you know, his first official game ever as the the head coach and, and, and whatnot. Maybe lack of experience on what to do outside of the first scripted 15 to 25 plays because those could not have gone any better than they actually did. Those first two drives were magical for the Bears. But, um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's something we'll have to see. I can't wait to see what happens this coming Monday uh, against, the, uh, against the Seahawks and how this team responds to what happened uh, on Monday night. So um, let's go ahead and dig into it. Uh, we got knee-jerk reactions. I know you guys can't wait to hear the second quarter one, but we're going to start. It's like a wide range of emotions. You know, we go from, hey, this is going well, to like, oh, my God, this is so amazing, to, eh, you know, it was, uh, to the fourth quarter's like, just just put a bullet, and just give me a, I don't, you know, let's just put, give an, an end to it. So I'm pretty sure that you guys are going to love this. This is why I record these things. This is what I do in lieu of doing a, for lack of a better term, knee-jerk reaction review episode. Because last night's show would have been a mess if I tried to record it after the game went off the air last night. So here come the knee-jerk reactions starting with the first quarter. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the first quarter. The Bears and the Packers in Lambeau on Sunday night football. And quite honestly... It has been all Bears for the first 15 minutes. I mean, the the offense and defense, two drives apiece in the first quarter. The the first defensive drive, we gave up a first down on the second play of the game and then shut them down three plays after that. We get the uh, football, and the Bears march right down the field, nine plays, like 68 yards. A two-yard uh, Mitch Trubisky quarterback's uh, keeper uh, basically is what it was for the Bears to go up 7 nothing on that drive the Bears were really I mean <laughs> Nagy threw the playbook at the Packers on that opening drive they were four, they had Charles Leno lined up out wide as a receiver twice on that drive including the the, the drive or the play that uh, Trubisky scored the touchdown on the second bear drive is going on right now uh, we just came up short on third and goal so it looks like we'll be starting the second quarter with a field goal attempt from Cody Parkey so let's just call it 10 nothing for now two drives 10 points and for the Packers they had a big play on third down but it got called back uh, with on a holding penalty uh, against Green Bay and uh, I mean, it's it's really been something seeing the Bears the way that they've been. Akeem Hicks looks like he's playing with another gear right now. The reason that that holding penalty came was that he was about to shot put the guard into uh, Aaron Rodgers, and the guy was holding on to Akeem Hicks so he wouldn't get away. I mean, you hear me stuttering and stumbling, and so I'm so excited right now. I can't believe it. So anyway, the Bears are looking to go up two scores, and uh, it's all Bears right now. Two drives apiece, and they've been dominant on both sides of the ball thus far and that's how the first half went or the first quarter uh, uh went i mean akeem hicks is flying around uh like a bat out of hell uh we we uh we we we've seen a bit of khalil mack and more so seeing the 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 power of of khalil mack bull rushing brian bulaga and like i said damn near shot putting him uh into uh aaron aaron Rodgers. you were seeing immediately the impact that this guy was going to have. I mean, it was pressure right off the bat, uh, Khalil Mack, getting in the neighborhood. I mean, not a guy that's going to be dancing around in the backfield and all that kind of stuff. He's coming after uh, the quarterback, and he was actually doing what you need to do because that was actually something that the Bears did really, really well last night. It's something where Rodgers kills not just us but everybody. Uh, When you're pass rushing, uh, Aaron Rodgers, a lot of pass rushers trying to get to the passer want to take that short route to the quarterback, which means they're trying to step to the inside, which would just, of course, give Rodgers license to take a step to the outside, scramble, and that's where Rodgers does hit the most damage 
that he does. He'll, he'll scramble, he'll leave the pocket, and now we're playing street ball, and Aaron Rodgers is the best street ball quarterback in football right now. So, I mean, that's where the guy was creating things that weren't in the playbook, or at least not on the play that he called in the huddle, and he's out here finding guys in wide open spaces and, and bad things are happening. The Bears did a really good job of keeping Rodgers in front of them last night. I mean, obviously, the guy was hobbled for the last two and a half quarters uh, of the game but nonetheless when he was 100 percent at the beginning of the football game the bears were getting after him they were getting him on they were getting under pressure and and you know and and what have you and they were keeping him in front of you at the keeping them in front of him keeping him in the pocket at the same time forcing rogers to do whatever he was going to do from in the pocket most likely under duress so i mean that was something that the bears actually did very well all night long i mean definitely vic fangio did his homework because or at the very least they did a great coaching job in telling our pass rushers don't take the inside route don't take the inside route keep to the outside force him to try to find space inside that pocket where you've got eddie goldman and roy robertson harris and akeem hicks that will meet him violently wherever it is that he wants to go uh, in that pocket it was very refreshing to see that as opposed to watching Rodgers pick us apart as he ran out of the pocket because our pass rushers are trying to get greedy and get to him as quickly as humanly possible so but that first quarter on offense especially like I said Nagy threw the playbook at the Packers the creativity that he was showing the very first play of the game was an ode to the old T formation you had three backs uh, in the backfield it was Burton uh, Howard and Cohen and handed the ball uh, did a like a pitch to Cohen who ran behind Howard and and Burton as his lead blockers and got like four or five yards maybe more uh, on a first down run Nagy said in the press conference after the game that was an ode to the old T formation that uh, Papa Bear uh, ran back in the day so I mean that was uh that was cool to see and not only did they do it but it worked it got us a nice chunk of yardage to start off the football game with but Trubisky he looked cool under, you know, he looked, uh, you know, wasn't under duress. The offensive line did very well in the, the the first quarter. He knew exactly where he wanted to go with the football. His foot, his throws were, I mean, there was a throw that he made last night to Allen Robinson that had like a four by five inch window that he had to fit the football into to get it to Robinson. And he got it there on a dime. I mean, he just lasered it uh, right in there. Robinson had made a really, had made a really great catch earlier in the game. Uh, as well a go up and get it ball that he came down with I mean it was amazing uh, what they did so I mean they they were moving the chains and mixing it up and the Packers just had no answer for it after they scored the touchdown they came back right back on the second drive got it right back down into uh, into end goal situations because like I said the 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 first quarter ended on a third and goal play uh, for the Bears which is uh, where the um, first Cody Parkey field goal came uh, in the second quarter so I mean it was uh, it was impressive those first two drives of the offense we we're basically doing whatever we wanted there and then the second quarter came and you thought with as well as the first quarter went this thing's got a plateau and even out that was definitely not the case and after the way that the first half wrapped up the the highlight of all highlights at the end of the first half and then even more so, it was it was such a spontaneous, this is why I record these things, guys. It was such a spontaneous thing. Just as I hit record, something I had never, ever heard before during a Bears-Packers game hap- was, was happening as I was getting ready to record, and it just, it overtook me, and I couldn't help but respond in a certain way. <laughs> The Boo Birds are out in Green Bay as the Bears just put the cherry on top of an amazing first half as Khalil Mack runs back an interception for a touchdown to put the Bears up 17-0 at the half. Holy hell. <laughs> they kept saying Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Khalil Mack's going to be on a pitch count. Aside from him not being in on a handful of plays to start the game, I can't think of a moment when I haven't seen him out there, and he has been impactful everywhere, especially in this second quarter when 
Number one, he was what caused the pressure that kept Rodgers in the pocket, that got him sacked by Roy Robertson-Harris, that caused the uh, a suspected knee injury that might knock him out of the game. He was carted off the – he wasn't carted off the field. He was carted to the locker room after going in that tent where the doctors look at him and whatnot. Deshaun Kaiser comes in, and he actually leads the Packers on their best offensive drive of the game thus far. And on third and goal, Khalil Mack comes – in and literally takes the ball out of his hands. Literally took it away. No points, no nothing for Green Bay. The the, the, the offense moved the chains a couple of times, but wasn't as um, effective as they were in the first quarter. Hopefully that's something we can shore up in the second half, but the defense, man, that was the story of the second quarter. Khalil Mack came up with a with another sack. Uh, I mean, the defense is playing. They are flying around. They are <laughs> they are playing like a bat out of hell uh, at the moment. And then, like I said, the cherry on top there was, um, you know, a Roy Robertson-Harris coming in, causing the pressure on Kaiser, who throws the ball to get rid of it, only to throw it into the waiting arms of Khalil Mack, who is... Quite honestly, has been kicking Brian Bulaga's ass tonight. I mean, all over it. I mean, he cannot block Khalil Mack. They got to get that guy some help, uh, or it's going to be an even longer night than it's been already. And and after the Bears give the ball back, when they kick it off back to them, they kneel on it, or they run one running play, and then they run to the locker room. You could hear booze in Lambeau. That's so great. The Bears are up 17 nothing, and we start with the football in the second half. If the last 30 minutes go as well as the, <laughs> the first 30 minutes, whew, it's getting ugly out in Green Bay. And they got, they got a lot of work to do at halftime if they want to make this game look competitive at all. Oh, Faith, you cruel bitch. Uh, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, I mean, would you listen to me? How excited I was, how how joyous and and just, you know, I was an emotional mess after that second half or second quarter. I mean, it, it like I said, it, it could not have gone much better than it did. The only way it could have gone better was if the the tu- the, the second drive of the game was a touchdown instead of a field goal, which would have made it, you know, 21 to nothing there. Uh, at halftime instead of 17 really the only way was if the Bears finished that drive at the end of the uh, first quarter slash beginning of the second uh, and and put it in the end zone but um, other than that it was a banner first quarter one that uh, is definitely I mean like I said in the open it was everything that first 30 minutes everything we fantasized that this team would be this year because it at 7.30 last night, when the game kicked off, I was absolutely beside myself with excitement because I couldn't wait to see this team actually play because we didn't get to see them during the preseason, and I'm sure that today's uh, Monday morning quarterbacks have a lot to say about the lack of reps that the offense or that the team had in general during the preseason, how it may have affected what happened last night. I'm not going to speculate there. It it's it is uh, it is what it is, and I'm kind of in the same boat with with Nagy that I don't think 20 or 25 plays against the Chiefs in that dress rehearsal game would have been the difference between a win or a loss uh, last night. I mean, there is no substitute for live reps. I mean, when you're in practice, you're going against guys that uh, you know are stopping short of tackling you because they don't want to hurt their teammates. Um, you know, the the play is going the way that it's supposed to go. Uh, when you're in practice, not making contingencies for other things and uh, and what have you, um, there is no substitute for live reps. Uh, you know, going against the team that you don't know what they're going to do, they don't know what you're going to do, and 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 uh, the two of you just read and reacting because football is all about read and react. And um, you know, but I I don't think missing some reps in the preseason would have made much of a difference last night. I think that was more of an experience thing. Uh, than than anything else as to where it went sideways with the Bears uh, in the second half. But, um, you know, in, in the second quarter, it was just, they were murderous. I mean, on defense especially. You know, that sack that, uh, that Khalil Mack, I mean, they, they put up a stat last night. Khalil Mack is the first person since 1982 to have an interception for a touchdown, a fumble, um, created a fumble, 
a fumble recovery, and a sack all in one half of football. He's the first person to do it since 1982. Not the first bear to do it, the first person to do it since 1982. No one else has had a half of football like that in 36 years. That's how impactful. That was Khalil Mack's introduction to the Chicago Bears last night. Watching this team, uh, you know, watching Khalil Mack next to Akeem Hicks opposite Leonard Floyd, who we're going to have to talk about that guy. Um, you know, and just everything, the impact that he was having on the field, very similar to what you were seeing when, when uh, Julius Peppers uh, came around. A buddy of mine texted me yesterday, um, is this the most excited you've been since the, or when was the last time you were this excited uh, about an opening day? And he suggested it may have been opening day for Jay Cutler. I was like, actually, it was actually a year later in 2010 when Julius Peppers joined the team. Be, you know, obviously that happened after Cutler came to town, but like that was the last time that I was this excited to see Julius Peppers out there with Briggs and Erlacher and Tillman and Tommy Harris and, and all those guys. And, and though, was Tommy Harris still on the team in 2010? Doesn't matter. But you know what I'm talking about there. Seeing that guy out there and, and a defensive legend, the best defensive player in football at the time, joining Erlacher and Briggs and making our good defense that much better and um this this was this was on that level but of course we weren't just excited about seeing what Khalil Mack could do we were excited to see what this team could do we barely saw Allen Robinson we only saw Taylor Gabriel uh and Trey Burton and, and all those guys and um you know Jordan Howard and, and Tariq Cohen played very sparingly you know just to see this team all together on the field playing the majority of the football game was uh, worth the price of admission alone, just for the chance to see him play out there as opposed to what actually went down. (sighs) Then the second half came, and that joyous, uh, you know, boisterous happiness that I was showing in the second quarter knee-jerk reaction, you can kind of sense a tinge of anxiety coming. Uh, The Packers only managed three points in the third quarter, so we're at 20-3 to uh, going into the fourth quarter. But you can kind of hear it in my voice. I'm not liking where this is going. Major reaction to the third quarter of the Bears and the Packers. And not a good quarter for the Bears. Uh, it was a 3-3 three to three quarter. They came out with the football, uh, moved the chains, got it down the field, but came up short uh, in the red zone. Had to settle for a Cody Parkey field goal uh, to make it 20 to nothing. Aaron Rodgers does return for the second half. He is hobbling around a little bit, but otherwise, um, you know, it looks like the Bears' pass rush is kind of losing its gas. Uh, the, you know, the, the Packers had a really look good-looking uh, drive that got them all the way down the field. The defense did buckle down and forced another field goal, making it 20-3, to and then were things... The, the first bad series that the offense has had, not so much because of the lack of productivity, but this was a drive where the defense had just been out there for a while, really could have used a break, and the, the offense went three and out, which put the defense right back out on the field. The, off, the defense really could have used a breather there, and the offense didn't help them out. However, we're going into the fourth quarter. We're up 20-3. to three, and basically we're still in control of this football game. The offense for the Packers established a bit of a rhythm with Rodgers back in the football game. So we'll see how the fourth quarter goes. Obviously I don't sound as uh, enthusiastic or as giddy as I did at the end of the second quarter, but the Packers, it's a three-possession game. The Packers are going to have to do a lot to pull this one off. And uh, we'll see in 15 minutes and see how happy I am at the end of this. (laughs) It's almost like I knew. You know, I, I don't think it was, uh, you know, pessimism or anything like that. I could just, I guess I could just sense the tide turning. And um, the fourth quarter is where the wheels came off. And um, w- what was, uh, what was uh, the slow progression of getting the football down the field all of a sudden exploded into big plays uh, for the Packers. Um, there was a 51-yard pass to... I want to say Devontae Adams or something like that, that that set him up big. There was that 39-yard touchdown pass to a guy whose name is whose actual name is Geronimo. There was a receiver that caught a pass for a 39-yard touchdown. His first name is Geronimo. Not his nickname. His actual name is Geronimo. Way to go there. 
and then of course the um the the, the touchdown that put him ahead um 24 to 23 was a 75 yard pass is basically a, a 10 yard pass with a 65 yard yak for uh for Randall Cobb to put the Packers up seemingly for good or what would be the touchdown that would win him the game it was all big plays that ended up uh, hurting the Bears. It wasn't a kind of dink and dunk pick at the defense kind of thing, although the the Packers did hang on to the football for the majority of the second half. That fourth quarter where the Packers won the fourth quarter 21-3 to was all big plays because the Bears actually had one very good offensive drive in the fourth quarter. I don't know how I don't remember how many plays the drive was, but it was six and a half minutes long before settling for that field goal that put him up twenty three to was it twenty three to ten or twenty three to three? It it doesn't matter, but that it's just that's when that's where no it was twenty three to three because it was everyone's talking about how it was a twenty point deficit that Green Bay came back from. So it was the, the Bears went up twenty three to three, and then that's where the th- that's where the wheels kind of uh, came off after that. But it's a uh, no, it was. 20 to nothing was the was the 20 point deficit. I think it was 20 20 to 10 when we kicked the field goal to so making it 23 to 10. Um yeah, that's what it was. But um you know nonetheless, six and a half minute drive, you know, got the defensive breather, gave them some rest, moved the chains. We converted three third down plays on that particular drive got the football down the field and uh, weren't able to punch it into the end zone, which was our ultimate, which was our undoing. Because basically after that first touchdown drive, Cody Parkey was all the offense we had as far as point scoring for the remainder of the football game. Cody Parkey and Khalil Mack were the only points that we added after that initial touchdown drive. It was three field goals and a uh, pick six for Khalil Mack was the, where our, the rest of our points came after that uh, first uh, touchdown drive last night so it was uh hopefully that's something that we that we clear up before we play uh seattle uh next monday but um you know that was the uh the offense did put something together and so they they chewed up nearly half of the fourth quarter with that drive and yet it was those big plays that hurt the bears you know and i think that does kind of speak to kind of being gassed out like basically the defense was on the field for almost the entire third quarter and you know the offense gave little to no rest to the defense in that third quarter so I mean it was kind of like that feeling that you got uh or that you were getting there I know that I was a I was a ball of knots against uh, Carolina last year when the offense was the offense did nothing uh, against Carolina you guys remember that game we ended up winning because the defense willed it to ex- willed it to happening uh, uh last year the Eddie Jackson touchdowns the fact they were on the field for like 80 something plays and still managed to not run out of gas it was just one of those things where you know the third quarter you kind of noticed that we weren't being as aggressive we weren't flying around like we were like I talked about in the second quarter knee jerk reaction we, you know, I mean, what I meant by flying around is that whenever uh, a running back, you know, was running the football, whenever a wide receiver caught a pass, immediately somebody was there to hit him. Somebody was there to make a tackle. They were right there. They were in position, making the play immediately. There was no yard after catch in the first half. There was no yard after catch in the second quarter. As soon as the guy caught the ball, boom, he's down. You know, and, and the one play that went Green Bay's way offensively in the first half, you heard me talk about it in the first quarter knee-jerk reaction, got called back because of a holding penalty. Why? Because Akeem Hicks was a beast and, and pushing, the, uh, you know, pushing past the offensive lineman and he wouldn't let go of his shoulder pads uh, kind of thing. So you weren't seeing that same level of aggression, uh, level of aggression uh, in the second half. I don't know if it was taking the foot off the gas pedal or if it was uh, just fatigue. Um, in in that uh, in that third quarter there so um, but then you know like I said you you could uh, cite fatigue as the reason why all of a sudden big plays started happening Um, you know like this little play would turn into a 50-yard gain and 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 things like that it's uh, it's it's what how it went sideways uh, for the Bears because I think the time of possession was almost even in the fourth quarter and yet the Packers took their three drives and put 21 points on the board. The Bears were only able to manage three, and that was the difference in the uh, in the football game. So 
Now you hear my fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. And uh, as we all know, I did not kill myself. I am here uh, of, of sound mind and body. And um, here's my fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction to the fourth quarter, the Bears and the Packers. And, uh, yeah, the uh, the wheels just came off, man. It... Uh, the, uh, the offense uh, couldn't keep the defense off of the field. And by the defense, I mean our defense. They went three and out too many times in the third quarter. And then the one decent drive they put together in the fourth quarter only resulted in another field goal, which wasn't enough. You know, we missed a couple of opportunities in the second half. The opening drive of the second half should have been a touchdown drive. Instead, we had to settle for a field goal. Same thing on the one decent drive we had in the fourth quarter. And the thing that bothers me the most, and ironically enough, it's not really even so much that we gave up 21 points in the fourth quarter and they came back and won the game. It's that... Aaron Rodgers got hurt at the end of the second quarter, and they are making it sound like he just willed himself into, you know, willed himself and the Packers to victory here. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're making it sound way more dramatic than it was, and this just sucks, man. This sucks. As as great as the first half was, as well as the offense and defense were playing, for them to come out, they just flat out choked in the second half. They flat out choked. They couldn't get anything going on offense, and then we couldn't uh, get after Rodgers. We couldn't get him, and, and that's just building this, this thing that they're going to be talking about Rodgers for the next seven days, about how you know he played on one leg, making it sound like he was out there on crutches just slinging it with his mind or something like that. You know, It's unbelievable. The guy is standing on it right now. He's walking around it's not like he has to go to the sidelines and sit down because he doesn't have the power to stand on it or anything. But that's exactly how Collinsworth and Michaels have been talking about him this entire second half. Especially since the Packers started threatening early in the fourth quarter when they made it 20-10. to 10. I mean, it's just all credit due to, to Rodgers to come back and then to have the second half he did after basically getting his ass handed to him in the first 30 minutes of the football game, you know, he did a great thing. He played great in the second half and he won the game for Green Bay. But they are making it sound like it was so miraculous that it was just impossible to do what he did and that's what bothers me the most, you know. There's a lot to pick apart here, especially in the second half and... Yeah, we'll get to it. I mean, I thought we were going to have like 85 bear-ups and zero bear-downs with the way the first half went, but uh, the second half definitely evened it out. So the Bears choke, fall to 0-1. This was a game. Uh, God damn it. And there you have it. That was my reaction. I just I couldn't even finish the sentence. I was done. I just stopped recording. I couldn't do it anymore. Now, Sour grapes aside, you know, obviously I'm upset with the way that it, it, that it all went down, upset that we let Rodgers do it to us again. But like I said, and I've been, this is what I've been talking about throughout the day with coworkers and such uh, today, was it wasn't that Aaron Rodgers led the comeback, and it's, it's the mythical theme or, or, you know, mythical proportions that they're adding to it. I mean, to listen to Al Michaels and, and Chris Collinsworth talk about what Rodgers did last night, you would think that he was just being held together by duct tape and silly putty or something like that to go out there. Like like Akeem Hicks or Khalil Mack actually snapped his leg off and threw it into the crowd, and he literally was on one leg with a, with a crutch in his left hand so he could balance himself, throwing it with his right, and, and that's how he led the Packers uh, to victory. I mean, Chris Collinsworth kept trying to turn this into the Michael Jordan flu game. Every time Rodgers came off the field, he kept making some reference as to he doesn't even have the power to put weight on his leg. The guy never sat down between drives. He's walking or he put his ball cap on. He's walking around the sidelines. He's he's 
you keep talking about it like he was just in extreme pain and it's like he tried to make it sound like Aaron Rodgers invented football players playing hurt last night I mean it was that was the thing that bothered me the most was they were making so much more of it what Aaron Rodgers did it was I mean like I said you know and I even somehow in my emotional state managed to give uh, Rodgers his kudos the guy was awesome in the second half you can't take that away from him he went from being like seven of 13 for like 30 yards in the first half to like 20 of 26 for like 286 and three touchdowns uh and the guy was damn near perfect in the second half and won the football game for his team and led the team you know on that victory that they get on the drives and, and got the points that they needed to, to to win the game he did that there's no denying it and you know, it, it just trying to make it so much more than it was. Like I said, Collinsworth and Michaels tried to make it sound like Aaron Rodgers invented the idea of a football player playing hurt last night. Like we didn't watch Brett Favre do it every single week of his career uh, or, or any or anything else uh, for that matter. I mean, Al Michaels, the guy literally had the balls to compare Aaron Rodgers to Willis Reed. Now, he he told the story about what Willis Willis Reed did, but Willis Reed broke his hip, literally broke his hip in the 1970 NBA Finals, and he tried to compare Willis Reed's broken hip to where he was literally hobbling around on the basketball court to Aaron Rodgers playing with a banged up knee uh, last night. So uh, it it's just adding drama where there where the they did I mean. What Aaron Rodgers was doing was was drama enough. The fact they were down twenty to twenty to nothing at the you know to start the second uh, half, the the you know being down twenty three to ten you know at the start of the fourth quarter uh, and and what have you. It's Bears Packers. It's opening weekend. It's Sunday night football. You got all the drama you need, and then you're just throwing it gasoline on the fire there. And and like I said. I, I can't take anything away from what Aaron Rodgers did coming back after getting, I mean, the fact that he wanted to go back in the game after the beating he took in the first half, you know, kudos for that. Cause I mean, me and my friends were talking, texting back and forth and such uh, last night. Like if, if I'm Rodgers or if I'm McCarthy, do I, do I send Aaron Rodgers back out there? I mean, the bears were making it look way easy, you know, under pressure. And the, like I said, they're flying around like maniacs out there. Would you put him back out there? I mean, just save him. I mean, they got to play the Vikings next week. I mean, I, do you really want to, you know, keep putting him out there only to have him be a punching bag for Minnesota next week, win or lose? And uh, it's like, realistically, man, would you do that? If you're McCarthy, you're going to put Rodgers back out there. And sure enough, they did. So kudos to him for having the stones to just get back out there after the beating he took in, in the first half. And then even more so to help lead his team to victory uh, with uh, those three touchdown drives in the in the fourth quarter, I mean, you can't take away from what he did, and yet they're piling on in a way. I mean, it was just it was getting comical there towards the end of the game. I mean, Chris Collinsworth could not shut up about Rogers not having the strength or power to walk around on that leg, and to a point, like in the game itself, they actually showed a video proof of it. Uh, Rogers going into his drop when he was before he got hurt and you're seeing that he's stepping into the throws putting weight on that left leg then it showed him doing a drop after the injury you see him kind of dragging the left foot a little bit more and that you know he's he's going with his um his footwork you know his fundamentals and stuff but he's not leaning into the throw like he was in the first half so i mean obviously the injury was affecting him and affecting the way he was throwing the ball or, or the way that he was, you know, going through his uh, fundamentals and and whatnot. But it's like to hear Chris Collinsworth talk about it, you know, it, it was it's just like he's a football player playing hurt. That's what football players do, man. And it just I, I guess it's 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 more about the you know it being the quarterback. It is Aaron Rodgers. He was knocked out of the game. Things did look bleak. I mean, but it's just adding drama where it didn't need to be, or adding sensationalizing everything that happened. I guess is what was really bugging me about what they were doing. They kept and there, here's the other thing. You heard me say it in the second quarter. 
knee-jerk reaction. Aaron Rodgers was not carted off the field. He was not carted off the field. That's all I heard them say throughout the rest of the football game was that Rodgers was carted off the field. No, he wasn't. When the injury occurred, he got up, he tried to put some weight on it, then sat back down. They checked on him, then he gets up, walks off the field under his own power, they go into that little tent. Then after he comes out of the little tent, he walks to the cart, sits in the front as opposed to sitting in the back where the injured players sit, and they drove him to the locker room like you do with any player just before halftime. You know, they didn't want him walking all the way from the sideline into the locker room on that bum knee, so they drove him out there. They made it sound, they to listen to Michaels and Collinsworth talk about it, you would think that they strapped him to the board and took him out of there in an ambulance uh, in the second quarter, as opposed to what actually happened. They were, they were making it sound so much more sensational than it actually was. They kept saying that Rodgers got carted off the field. No, he did not. He did not get carted off the field. It's ridiculous. And even in my emotional state in, and during the second quarter knee-jerk reaction, I made the distinction. He did not get carted off the field. They drove him from the sideline into the locker room. He walked off the field under his own power. He walked from the tent into the uh, you know onto the cart and and you know sat next to the driver as they went back to the locker room to listen to Michaels and Collinsworth talk about it last night made it f- sound like uh, if you guys I don't know if you guys ever remember uh, Byron Leftwich the quarterback he was in the NFL for several years played for the Jaguars and kind of was a journeyman back up there for a while went to the University of uh, Marshall uh, in college and there was a game where he he literally broke his leg. And decided that he was going to keep playing anyway. And what the guy was doing, this was miraculous, by the way. He would stand back there in the pocket. He would make a throw. And then two of his offensive linemen would literally carry him to the next play. They would, he would throw his, his arms around their shoulders. They would scoop him up and carry him to the next play. According to Rodgers and Collinsworth, excuse me, according to Collinsworth and Michaels last night, that's what Aaron Rodgers was doing in order to propel the the Green Bay Packers uh to victory you know they, they're making it sound like he needed help like like I said the Jordan flu game where he literally had to be you know he's leaning on Scotty Pippen you know letting Scotty hold him up as they walk to the bench uh you know in during that NBA's finals uh game when he had like 104 uh fever and, and like he had all the energy in the world to play but once that whistle blew his energy left him and there that's what they were making it sound like Aaron Rodgers was putting himself through last night in order to Uh, win that game you know I mean they just kept making it sound way more dramatic and I don't know you know to their credit I don't know if this was stuff they're being fed from the truck guys we need to play up the fact that Rodgers was playing hurt then he's out there and so on and so forth I wouldn't doubt it to be completely honest with you but it was just really get it was getting really annoying it got really old by the end of the football game and not just because the Bears lost or anything like that because Rodgers went ahead and did that Watching Rodgers do this to the Bears, unfortunately, is not something new for us Bear fans. So, you know, obviously there's some sour grapes because that happened. But the true sour grapes came in with the fact that this is going to be built up to like, I I swear to God, the next time, whenever it is that Green Bay plays on Sunday Night Football, you're going to hear about this game over and over again. And it's just he's going to they're going to refer to it. Uh, you know, and uh, well, he had that knee. They're going to make it, like I said, they're going to make it sound like Khalil Mack snapped his leg off and threw it into the stands or something like that, and he's playing on, on one leg, and, and, you know, he's the only thing that's keeping him up are hopes and dreams at this point and, and, and everything like that. It's just, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It got really, really old. And call it sour grapes if you want, but that was it was just super annoying listening to that. He was carted off the field. I mean, this is a guy that was carted off the field. No, he wasn't. He wasn't carted off the field. He walked off the field from the point of injury to the sideline. He walked off the field under his own power. They didn't carry him to the sidelines. He walked. He wasn't carted off the field. <laughs> they, they gave him a ride to the locker room. That's not carted off the field. It isn't. Okay. It does. It, you know, it might sound like I'm trying to split hairs here. There is a big difference they, they do that for guys with shoulder injuries. You know, they just put him in the cart and they, they drive him out there. You know, it's 
to go from the sideline to the locker room because the locker room's on the other side of the stadium from the sidelines for the Packers. It just is. I mean, it's that way for most teams, actually. But even still, <laughs> you put him on the cart, you drive him back there, boom, there he goes. He doesn't have to walk on the bad knee. You get him back there as soon as possible, so you're getting the test done. Like, did you literally want Rodgers to walk back there? So I just, anyway, enough about that. So there it was. That was my huge beef. Uh, by the end of the fourth quarter, I just couldn't take it anymore. You know, uh, never mind the fact that, that Rodgers led the 21-point comeback in the fourth quarter and ruined the evening and the Bears' opening debut with this new football team that we're looking been looking forward to seeing all offseason long. We also had to add, add the, uh, the myth of, of what happened to Rodgers and what he was persevering to get through and so on and so forth. I mean, it, it just really, really bothered me by the end of the game how they were playing it. I mean, it just felt like the story kept getting more and more sensational as the game went along. Like, like Rogers and, and or excuse me, I keep saying Rogers, but like Collinsworth and Michaels just couldn't handle it. Uh, what was going on? Like they just never seen anybody play hurt before and then play hurt and be successful at the same time. Like this is just, both those guys have been in the booth longer than I've been alive. And, and, you know, they were acting like this is the first time they ever seen anything like this before it was amazing you know just amazing so anyway there you have it there's your uh there's your review uh for the game uh the bears fall short 24 to 23 but like i said lots to build on um you know the offense just needs to be more consistent uh we need to have a plan outside the first 15 to 25 scripted plays and uh, uh I'm, I'm sure that and i'm and i'm hoping that with with Nagy and with with Fangio and and everything like that, this is a lesson that we only have to learn one time: is that you don't take the foot off the gas, especially when you're playing Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. You don't coast to victory when you play one of the best that's ever played the game. You know, injured or not, you don't take your foot off the gas. You don't get complacent. You don't get arrogant. You keep your foot on the gas, you keep their knee on their, on their throat, you press them even further into the ground until they stop moving. That's plain and simple. Until the body is dead, you keep doing what you're doing. And uh, like I said, I hope this is a lesson that the Bears only have to learn once and that going forward, this will be the, the silver lining will be that the lesson learned is finish, 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 play 60 minutes, not 30. You know, even a great 30 minutes like they did, you got to play all 60 in order to win the game. Green Bay played all 60. The Bears only showed up for the first 30, and we're 0-1 because of it. So there you have it. So that will do it for the uh, review. And before we get to bear up and bear down, I just want to remind you guys, you join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar if you use the promo code BEARS100 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BEARS100 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. I was just on the site earlier today. I mean, there's a lot of really cool stuff uh, going on there, the different kinds of uh, parlays, the different bets, the in-game uh, live bets and things like that. Uh, you know, you can move with the odds you know like you don't like the way it is before the game starts well let, let the game start and you can make your bet during the game uh based on on what's going on and and the, the whole fantasy thing betting the over under on the amount of fantasy points and stuff like that guys it's it seems like a lot of fun and uh if only i had the cash to play myself i really would uh sink my teeth into it but uh you know you play you win you get paid uh by my bookie so uh with that we're going to go into everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. Bear Up and Bear Down for the week one review episode of the Bears Talk Underground and... Uh, yeah, you guys heard me mention it briefly in the fourth quarter knee-jerk reaction that I thought I was going to have a phone book list of names uh, for the bear-ups, and uh, the second half happened, and then it just kind of evened out uh, a little bit. And um, 
not a whole lot of specific names here, but uh, as far as the Bear Downs are, are concerned, uh, uh, first Bear Down, and not so much in, in, in level of importance, but just the first one that absolutely came to mind was uh, Bear Down, Kyle Fuller. Two things. Number one, he was the corner that got smoked for the 39-yard touchdown uh, pass to a dude named Geronimo. You should be ashamed of yourself just right off the bat there by, by getting beat by a dude named Geronimo. Wow, that's not good. Not good at all. And then, of course, uh, Kyle Fuller could have won us the game, um, but I guess that's why he plays defense because Aaron Rodgers hit him right between the numbers with the football, and uh, it could have resulted in interception with about 2.39 to go in the game. The Bears were up by 6, 23-17 at the moment. He makes that pick. The ball game is probably over. I mean, not to mention, I mean, forget, I mean, let's just say for a minute he gets tackled immediately or gets touched immediately. He doesn't advance another step. I think the Bears at least walk away with a field goal there. So now it's 26 to 17. The Packers have to score twice in order to to, to catch us or to beat us or, 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 or what have you. But... If the Bears don't score a touchdown just on the momentum, or God forbid, if Kyle Fuller doesn't take it back for a touchdown himself after he catches it. But instead, it doinks right off his chest. So two plays later, uh, Randall Cobb runs for 75 yards and a touchdown to uh, to take the lead and essentially the game uh, as well. So, I mean, that's just one of those things where when you're playing the Packers, when you're playing Rodgers, I mean, the guy does not serve up many interceptions and for him to literally hit you between the numbers with the football it does not get any easier to than that I don't know if it was uh if the receiver fell or if it was a miscommunication he thought he was going to cut in and he went to the outside or vice versa the football came right to Kyle Fuller like he was Aaron Rodgers intended receiver it banks off his chest and we don't you know two plays later the ball game is over basically so um yeah, so bear down, Kyle Fuller. Not a great debut, uh, considering that you're making top playmaker money at corner right now. Not exactly earning your paycheck there last night, or at least you definitely didn't in the second quarter. Uh, bear down to, uh, I hate to do it, Matt Nagy. You know, a lot of what happened last night falls on him, especially with the offensive side, because he is our play caller. Seemed like the Bears got a little conservative, playing not to lose uh, in the second half, and uh, also uh, his clock management, not great. We burned two timeouts in the first quarter to avoid delay of game penalties, and it happened at least one more time in the second half as well that we had to burn a timeout uh, to avoid getting a delay of game penalty, having trouble getting the play in uh, from the sideline more than one occasion last night. Hopefully that will change with experience and this won't become a chronic thing uh, going forward. But, you know, you're the head coach, so it falls on you. And, and a lot of what happened is, is something that, um, like I said, this is a lesson. I hope that the Bears only have to learn once and uh, what they put themselves through uh, last night. But unfortunately for the his first official game as our beloved's head coach, Matt Nagy makes the bear down list. Uh, other bear downs, um, pass blocking. For the most part, it was actually pretty good. But there were several times last night that Trubisky was missing targets because he had to break the pocket. Now, granted, at times, Trubisky seemed a bit more eager to break the pocket and run. But at the same time, he was under pressure. He did get sacked four times last night. And, you know, the we need to be better up front with the pass blocking uh, in order to uh, to prevent that from happening. Give the quarterback time. To, to find his targets, to step into his throws because he was getting fundamentally unsound at times last night. And then overall, bear down to our second-half offense. Uh, the third quarter in particular couldn't maintain a drive that kept our defense off the field and couldn't finish the drives that we did maintain. That first one to start the second half, uh, you know, had to settle for a field goal. The one really good drive that we had in the fourth quarter, yet again, settling for the field goal instead of being able to put the dagger into uh, the Packers last night put that nail in the coffin we score a touchdown on either one of those drives coming back from that is almost impossible uh, for Green Bay at that point so uh, very disappointed so 
In an effort to end on a positive note, we will finish with the bear-ups, and there are several. Uh, Bear-up to Jordan Howard, 82 yards rushing, 25 yards receiving out of the backfield, so 107 all-purpose yards out of Howard last night. Um, I guess that kind of adds to the bear down for for Matt Nagy because we had two third and ones where the Bears elected to run passing plays. Now, with the whole RPO, the run-pass option thing, I don't know if that falls on Trubisky. He decided to go with the pass based on what the defense was showing him instead of just handing it off to Howard and letting him bowl his way through and getting a yard. But it happened twice in the second half at least where we were third and one and we threw the ball both times and somehow managed not to get the first down on on either play. Um, But, you know, Jordan Howard would get us that yard. And yet we did, it was like the watching Super Bowl 49 all over again. Why are you throwing the ball when you have Marshawn Lynch at the two-yard line? Just give the ball to beast mode and let him run it in for you. Why are we throwing the ball when we have Jordan Howard? Give him the football and let him roll in you know, forward. Get us that three feet. That's all we need. We're extending drives, and, and who knows what happens if we get a first down on either of those drives. Uh, bear up to Mitchell Trubisky. Um, granted his, uh, he only ended up with about 170 yards. It was not a great second half, but he was extremely sharp in the first half, like 11 for 14 in the first half. I mean, he was just on fire, um, had the rushing touchdown, the only touchdown the bears scored. And for something for an, a stage like this, what are we used to seeing when things really go sideways against the Packers? turnovers 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 the Bears didn't turn the football over more importantly Trubisky didn't make a stupid interception as a matter of fact I don't think Green Bay really even came close to picking one off last night so I mean just kudos to Trubisky experience will help over time I mean not only is he only starting his 13th game in the NFL this is only like game number 23 because he only started one year in college before he got drafted. So this is not a guy that's got a wealth of experience behind him. He's still learning. And, um, you know, I liked what I saw from Trubisky. Hell, I liked what I saw from everybody in the first half yesterday. But it was the first half was, I mean, the other the reason that the first half was so exciting was that this was the potential that we thought this team had for them to be this good. And hopefully it's something that can be sustained uh, on a more consistent level uh, throughout the uh, the season. I hope they figure that out because that was fun to watch. It absolutely was. Um, but um, this is the leap that we were hoping to see from Trubisky, what we saw from him in the first half, and hopefully we can go forward uh, from there. But he didn't lose us the game. And how many times have we been able to say that when it comes to the Bears-Packers that the quarterback, whether it be Cutler or whoever, threw an interception that cost us the game at the end, especially Jay Cutler. God bless him. But, uh, you know, that was always the case with him. So, anyway, good effort from the rookie. Well, not, well he's not a rookie anymore, but from the kid. And hopefully we progress uh, from there. Uh, bear up to Keem Hicks. Was an absolute beast in the first half. Uh, I guess a lot of these are, are bear ups based on the first half. Second half, nobody really gets a bear up. But, uh, you know, there, it's good enough to get mentioned. Uh, was a, an absolute savage uh, in the first half. Just bull rushing and, and pushing his weight around getting after the quarterback and making plays. It was awesome to watch. Bear up to Roy Robertson-Harris. Way to step up, man, because you're wondering, is it going to be Harris? Is it going to be Bullard that steps up to take that other defensive end spot uh, You know, on the defensive line? Who's going to get paired up with uh, Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks up front? Roy Robertson-Harris is out there making things happen. He was the guy that, that forced the pressure, that made Deshaun Kaiser make that throw, probably forced the throw early on the screenplay that Khalil Mack stepped in front of that turned into the pick six that just blew up the the first half there. And and Roy Robinson-Harris was the guy that actually ended up hurting Aaron Rodgers, uh, making the sack on that play uh, as well. So, I mean, Roy Robinson-Harris was was making it happen uh, in the first half, gets his first bear up. Bear up to Cody Parker. Parkey, excuse me, Cody Parkey, who was the only offense the Bears had after the touchdown drive, uh, you know, it was uh, three, four field goals from from Parkey last night outside of the, uh, of course, the uh, pick six uh, from Akeem, from Akeem Hicks, from Khalil Mack, and uh, three field goals for Parkey. He was perfect on all three, and uh, so bear up to, to Parkey. Um, so for not, we didn't miss any scoring opportunities because of him, so the points that we had to settle for, he was able to 
uh, deliver last night. And then finally, I've mentioned him a couple of times already, bear up to Khalil Mack. <laughs> what a debut. What an introduction to the Bear fans. Uh, you know, we've been waiting, chomping at the bit. I mean, the guy's only been on the team for eight days, nine days at this point. But what an introduction. Everything that we've, you know, if you've never seen him play before, everything that you've probably been seeing in highlights on SportsCenter and, and online and such, he did all of it in the first half to the level that you were expecting from him, uh, you know, playing like a guy that's that's determined to earn the biggest defensive contract in, in NFL history and, um, you know, was an absolute savage. And, you know, I, I can't wait to see what he'll do when he's in top game shape, you know, because I'm sure conditioning was an issue for him. This is a guy that skipped all of training camp and, and came in after the cuts were done. So, I mean, this guy had zero, zero actual football practice before showing up in, in at Hallis Hall on Monday. Uh, to play or to Sunday, I think it was with his uh, with his teammates to get ready for this football game. That's why they were saying they were going to put him on a pitch count to make sure that they're putting him out there as fresh as can be, considering that he hasn't been playing football since December of last year. But nonetheless, an amazing debut and has Bear fans all over the place uh, chomping at the bit for Monday Night Football to get here so we can watch him do it in front of a Soldier Field crowd. I mean, <laughs> you know, you thought the Bear fans that were in Lambeau were vocal. I mean, we got a Go Bears Go uh, chant going on last night. We got the Boo Birds from Lambeau. Khalil Mack was responsible for that. I can't wait to see what it'll be like the first time he sacks Russell Wilson or makes some kind of dynamic Khalil Mack play against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football in Soldier Field next Monday night. I can't wait to see that. So bear up to Khalil Mack. Welcome to Chicago, sir. And I hope last night was the first of many that we'll see like that. So so there you have it. The week one review of the Bears Talk Underground. We will be back on Thursday when Spike Friedman from the Locked On Seahawks podcast will join us to help preview the Monday night battle between the Bears and the Seahawks. See which one of these 0-1 teams is going to fall to 0-2. I mean, it was a close game that they had with Denver uh, on Sunday, they lost 27 to 24. Was it that close, or did was you know did they have to struggle to to make it that close, or or what went sideways for Seattle to lose? And both teams were on the road, so odds were against them to begin with. We'll talk about we'll talk with Spike about that and so much more. So come back on Thursday for the week two preview. I mean, the season is on and steady rolling here. So until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.